Welcome, Welcome to Pisces Rising. Rising. I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. We want to talk about astrology with you. Go deep or go home. Welcome back to Pisces Rising. Today we're here to talk to you about your sun, moon, and rising and how they work together. This is really the top three and a lot of times people who don't know much about astrology know about this and you can really be filled with so much great information knowing your personality, your emotions, and the way it's projected. And this topic was actually suggested by a listener, so thank you to our listener who sent this in. We're actually going to use her chart as an example today. And if you have a question about something that's going on in your own chart that you think would be a good episode topic, just send it in to us. All right, so let's get going on this one because it's a podcast that could take a really long time, but we're going to try to keep it at a half an hour. Sun, personality, moon, emotions, and the rising is kind of like a filter that, let's say, goes over your whole chart, specifically the sun and the moon and the way that you project yourself, so the way that you come off. So when you're breaking these down in your own personal life, you want to look at your sun and ask right away, what aspect does it make to the moon? Does it get along? Is it in the same modality? Is it in a different modality? Is it in a different element? Are these cohesive signs? And then when you're breaking it down, you also want to ask yourself, how you see this combination in other people, how you get along with that certain sign. This is really going to give you a lot of information. It's also looking, especially for moon stuff, looking at other people you know with your moon sign. So your moon sign automatically is going to be way more subtle to you. The people that you experience you and your emotions might even be able to see your moon a little bit better than yourself in the sense of if you're comfortable enough around them to show vulnerability because your moon is also your subconscious. So does your moon, your subconscious, get along with your sun? And then how is this projected through the ascending? Are you coming off as a person in conflict because they don't get along? Have you worked through it because you figured out that you can get them to get along or you could work with them individually to make them both cohesive. These are things to look at when you look at your sun, moon, and rising. You want to look at the aspects. You want to look at the modalities. You want to look at other people to show you who you are, especially with the moon. Mm -hmm. That's where we're going to begin. So the sun sign, I mean, pretty much everyone out there knows their sun sign. If you're familiar with astrology at all, that's where we start. That's the basic building block of your chart. And that's going to show you your ego self, kind of the personality in a nutshell, sort of the goals and ambitions of your egoic self. And it's more on the conscious level. So it's things that you maybe present with, what you lead with, what other people see you as. It's going to be something that's fairly obvious. And You know, a lot of people out there will say, I don't really connect with my sun sign. And maybe it's just that 
you're connecting more with your moon sign. You're, you're seeing the world more through your rising sign. I know, for instance, that when I look at, like, astrology memes or things that kind of deduce astrology down to, like, the smallest bite-sized pieces, I usually relate to the memes about my rising sign more than my sun sign. It really just depends, and a lot of that kind of comes into play with that exchange between the sun, moon, and rising. There's infinite layers to astrology. We can get into every aspect in the chart. We can get into the Mercury, Venus, Mars, but breaking down that sun, moon, and rising is such a good place to start. And having a relationship with your moon sign is really kind of step one, in my opinion, because the sun sign, yes, it's, it's probably obvious. And if for some reason you don't connect to it, maybe it's because you're leaning more into your moon or rising, which is absolutely possible. And it's also possible to kind of go from one to the other throughout the day. You know, you can kind of take on aspects of these signs and placements and channel them. So as far as the bouncing back and forth, this is going to happen because of quick aspects. And it's also going to happen because the moon is just moody. And sometimes when you're in public and your moon gets going, the sun wants to take over because that vulnerability might be too hard to expose. So you'll be able to feel that those shifts within inside your body when you're body and mind and emotion is bouncing off between these two and when you feel like you need to protect yourself is when the sun is going to come out and the vulnerability piece might get buried and that is exactly why the moon is connected to the self subconscious and makes you self-conscious both of those things because what happens is the moon is the emotional exposure but the sun is like here I am so for example if your sun is in Taurus and your moon is in Pisces, you're not going to want to show the intense emotion of the moon in Pisces. So the Taurus sun might come out and smush the feelings down for a little while and try to show strength and consistency while the emotional layers of whatever it is you're trying to hide or not expose is still going on within you. So it's important to deal with these things later if they do come up, especially if you really want to understand your moon sign. Your sun sign is going to be pretty easy to understand and identify with. That's what the ego is. That's what the sun brings, understanding. But because the moon brings emotion and emotional understanding as opposed to mental understanding, the energy is different. It's more fluid. So the container is going to be the sun or even the rising, how you're going to project this to be able to protect yourself. The other thing is, and Ash, I'm not sure about this fully, so I'd like to hear what you have to say. But the way that I look at the rising is you could blend the sun and moon together a little more and the rising comes through like a filter of both things whether they're getting along and or not getting along so if the projection of the energy let's say is with a Gemini rising but you might be projecting through this mutable Gemini rising the sun in Taurus and the moon in Pisces the projection could even look a little confusing if your sun and moon aren't as cohesive because it's all being blended together and then projecting. 
Okay, yeah, it's almost like the projector is loaded with the film of the sun and moon and then is shot onto the wall that is Gemini to, to view it through. <laughs> That's like what I'm picturing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, okay. exactly. It is projected on the wall. So yep. once you project on the wall, you might disengage with what you're seeing because in a way, the ascending is also the natural process of the collective energy of all of your chart. But the sun and the moon are so close. Um, the other thing that I think we should address is when your sun and your rising are in the same place. Yeah, that's going to make your sun that much more powerful and noticeable, and you're probably going to seem more like your sun sign. So for instance, if you're a Leo sun with Leo rising, you're going to be more Leo than a Leo sun with Pisces rising, like me, for instance. You know, not to say that I'm not a Leo, but I probably don't come across that way. In fact, most people would probably guess that I'm more of a water sign when they meet me. Yeah, actually, if I can use your chart as an example, the way it would it is, is the Leo is way softer because of that Pisces rising. I find your Leo very soft. I still see the Leo for sure in the sense of performing creativity, wanting to have a good time, but the Pisces rising makes the Leo very considerate. So the filter is the consideration. Right. The, yeah, the way I kind of see it is your sun sign is, yeah, it's, I, I like the projector example. So for instance, with the, a Leo sun, you're loading in this projection of kind of like a, sh a showy movie, like with a lot of brightness and flair and drama and you're loading it in, but the Pisces rising is going to make it come across in a very gentle way. Whereas the Leo rising would make it like in your face and it would be very noticeable. It'd be like a musical, <laughs> like if we're going back to the film analogy, like something big and bold and Broadway, you know, that's more of the double Leo. So it's going to make your sun sign more open and out there and it actually might have the double kind of uh, effect of making your moon sign harder to notice and harder to find if your sun and rising are in the same sign or element and your moon is in a different one. It's yeah, yeah, for the individual, yes. for sure, absolutely. Yeah. So let's say, going with that Leo Leo example, let's say somebody is a Leo sun with Leo rising and that Pisces moon. They, that Pisces moon might not be totally visible and it might be harder for them to access because the lens of which they are viewing the world and the lens through which other people are viewing them is so Leo that they might actually feel very disconnected from their own moon sign. Yeah, the, that double will disconnect where my sun, moon, and rising is all in water, so they're not disconnected, but they're absorbent of what's next to it. The other thing is, when you have something on the ascending, it's going to absorb whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So my rising is in Pisces, my sun is in Pisces, that's double Pisces. I'm clearly a Pisces, but I'm a Pisces that absorbs a shit ton of Aries energy because right under my ascending is a bunch of planets in Aries that 
the watery ascending just filters through. So because of having a mutable ascending, I pick up, and anybody who has a mutable ascending. Yeah, so reminder of mutable Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces. So if your ascendant is any of those, listen up. It's going to completely absorb, because it's mutable, what is in the first house, conjunct, pretty much right under it, or what is right above it in the 12th house, but it would be on that ascending line, because it's going to absorb it. It's going to absorb that energy, and your filter is going to, especially with Pisces, my watery filter just sucks up that fire. So it's like... I have that super kind Pisces, oh, do what you want, I'm not judging you, I don't, you know, care, and it's soft and it's lovely, but it comes off in a not giving a fuck way because my Mercury and my Venus are in Aries, so the expression of it is expressed through an Aries tone, and also my Ascendant is very, very close to Aries, so all that fire is being absorbed, so even though it's almost at that critical degree of that really intense Pisces. The Pisces is so absorbent, it just sucks up all the energy around it. And then luckily, it gets along with my moon sign in Cancer. So there's that common link. But when your sun, moon, and rising is all in a different place, that actually is going to pretty much make you highly aspected. Yeah, exactly. It's creating geometric patterns in the sky between your sun, moon, and rising, whether they are positive, like a trine or a sextile, or somewhat harsh, like a square, or uh, an opposition, or even like a quincunx um, in conjunction aspect. It's going to make kind of a dynamic shift between the sun, moon, and rising. So if you you know, we're born on a full moon, for instance, your sun and moon are going to be in opposition. And that is going to create a lot of polarization between your ego identity and your emotions. You might feel at odds, like the two of them are kind of battling each other out. You know, you can't have them both. You almost feel like you're flip-flopping between uh, the full emotional expression of where your moon is located and who you are on the egoic surface where your sun is. And same with your rising. If your rising is opposing your sun or your moon, that is going to create some sort of conflict between how you come across and your ego identity or your emotions. You might feel more self-conscious with your sun or moon opposing your ascendant because the way that you're coming across, the way other people are responding to you, is not how you see yourself with your ego or with your emotional expression if it's your moon sign. Yeah, that's very, very true. The other couple of things to look out for with this. One thing that I notice, I don't really know how to explain this, is if you're triple, if you're all the same sign, or if it's consecutive, that's really interesting. So mm. for example, I know a lot of people who are like triple Sagittarius's, which is super intense, or triple Cancers. This right there a triple of anything, which is, again, quite common, is going to make you extreme of that sign, and then it's going to make it actually harder for you to understand other signs 
because the energy is very similar to if your sun sign or a planet you have is in that place that the sun or the planet rules. So it's almost like too much of that. So if your sun sign is in Leo and Leo rules the sun, that energy is so fiery. It's so much of Leo. Then if you're a triple Leo, it's so much of that energy that it's actually extreme and it, you might have a harder time identifying the other, what it's like to be another sign. But if you have a consecutive, which I've also seen very common, I don't know if you've seen a lot of these, Ash, but say if it's like a sun in Cancer, a moon in Leo, and a rising in Virgo. Oh. That is very interesting because that consecutive energy creates such a blend of elements and modalities, it actually makes you really understanding in the sense that that's a fluid change. Um, so you understand the overlap naturally and you're not really being aspected. Yeah, because the most that you have going on there is the sextile between your sun and rising sign. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the moon is not making an aspect really, not a a major aspect to either. And the sextile is on the more subtle side and it would only be aspected if it's aspected in degrees. Yeah. That's interesting. And, yeah, I think that it's probably... So, Heather's right. It is fairly common. I do know a few triple people who have their sun, moon, and rising all in the same sign. I know even more that are double. So, people that were born on the new moon that have their sun and moon in the same sign or have their sun and ascendant in the same sign, moon and ascendant in the same sign. That is way more common. And... With that, whichever placements are doubled are going to be kind of functioning as one unit. They're in that, whether, I mean, it's going to be more noticeable and extreme if they are actually in a conjunction, so within six degrees of each other, it's going to be even more true. But generally speaking, let's say you were born on the new moon, your sun and moon are in the same sign, then they are going to be functioning kind of together. So your emotional expression is actually out in the open. It's more um, in harmony with your ego. Like there's no separating them. Your ego and your emotional expression are one and the same with that sun and moon together. Which is usually a relief, but there's a potential for becoming very opinionated with that. Mm. Especially when you are born on the new moon, there's physical energy and mental sharpness in that. The new moon kind of activates this mental sharpness to the sun. And mental sharpness is great, but the thing that could be slightly problematic, or depending on what it's in, like if it's in a fixed sign, it could be even more problematic, when it comes to increasing your perspective in making a decision. It doesn't give you too much perspective The new moon has perspective in itself because it's new and it's clear, but being in the same sun-moon sign could potentially limit the perspective because it limits your experience in the sense of what you are and aren't going to try, where if your sun and your moon are squared or your rising and your moon is squared or however it works, that is automatically going to make you have more challenges 
and make you work to treat or heal or understand the challenges, which will give you more perspective. And it will also bring you frustration and that frustration that could be used as fuel to change because the frustration is uncomfortable. So you would seek comfort in the discomfort. So people with squares or oppositions may work harder naturally to get to know who they are and try to understand just because of the discomfort and the pull that the sun or the moon or the ascending is squaring. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. I like that. It's very much a catalyst effect, that square. And even the opposition to some extent, sometimes the opposition can leave you in kind of a ping-pongy place where you're bouncing back and forth, whereas the square is really good at creating that natural tension, which allows you to seek out something better. And, you know, going to, like, the trine or the sextile, that's nice, too, because there's a natural ease and uh, reciprocity between the two planets or placements, if we're talking about the ascendant. But generally speaking, you might not take the same risks that you would if you have a square or a more uncomfortable aspect. I kind of want to talk about the quincunx or the inconjunction. So that's when it's um, 150 degrees or like five signs away. So for instance, my son and Leo and Pisces ascendant are inconjunct. They're not to the degree, but those signs are a quincunx to each other. So they don't fully understand each other. So let's say you have something similar in your birth chart where your sun or your moon or your rising are doing that in conjunction with each other. That is going to create a little bit of an awkwardness around the way something is coming across. So I think that that's part of what Heather was describing when she was saying, I'm a softer Leo, because I'm a little more self-conscious and feel weird about the full Leo expression because I think it's inconjuncting my Pisces ascendant and it makes it feel awkward. I never thought about that, but that <laughs> makes so much sense. Because if you just look at your top three without that, it's filled with Jupiter energy. Like yeah. in my opinion, that's all Jupiter because Sagas are ruled by Jupiter Leos just love Jupiter, and Pisces used to be ruled by Jupiter. So that's just so much Jupiter expansion energy, but you're right, that quincux right there. I feel like quincuxes or inconjuncts, they are really difficult. And they don't get coined like a square does. They're not as... They're like down on the list when you're reading like your most intense aspects. But I personally feel in conjuncts like in my whole system because yeah. it is immediately uncomfortable and it's the only time I actually feel a little bit judgmental. Why am I thinking that? Why am I worried about what that Libra is doing? Like yeah. why do I even care? And it's because it's just really hard to understand. And I've worked very hard to try to understand my quincuts not in my own chart but in other people which are libra is my quincux so i am always like trying to understand how they've come to their conclusions and i've literally had to make myself really mutable make a bunch of friends with libras to get in their minds and be able to understand them and it's helped a lot but previous to the past maybe 
six or seven years before I decided I needed to commit to understanding this sign, I just didn't like them. <laughs> I can feel that too. I mean, a lot of this is going to be really specific and individual because there's so much you can say about the sun, moon, and rising. And if we were to look at any of your charts, I'm sure that there's a lot we could talk about just with those three placements in terms of the modalities and the aspects and the houses and the signs. There's so much to dive into, but this is a really good starting place, especially if you're fairly new to astrology. This is a great place to start with your own chart or with the charts of friends and family and really just looking at how those three placements will interact with one another. Sun and moon, look at as yang yin. <laughs> yin yang. The moon is very yin, the sun is very yang. So that's another way to like break it down on the quicker side as your whole chart. If you wanted to take everything else away and you look at the sun as a more of a masculine energy and the moon as more of a feminine energy, that's really gonna tell you a lot right there. And then the rising is going to show you how that energy is presented. So the other things to look at is as each sign has sort of a soft energy or a hard energy, a masculine energy or a feminine energy, a cerebral energy or an emotional energy. So look at that and look at where it's placed. Do you have an emotional sign placed in a where your sun is? Is your sun in a more moon-like place? Is your moon in a more sun-like place? That's also going to give you a lot of information and that's also going to show you how it's expressed through the rising by the way you articulate yourself or the way that you feel. For example, if your moon is in a fire sign and your sun is in a water sign, you actually may feel very comfortable with vulnerability and very easy to present that. But when it comes to like superficial conversations or small talk, that's where you might be challenged and bored. So you might come off as shy when you're actually really emotionally expressive. Yeah, I'm thinking about, for some reason, the example that's popping into my mind, because I just listened to the song that talks about this is Lana Del Rey. She has that song that's like, my moon's in Leo, my cancer is sun. Yeah. So she's the perfect example of that, because her songs are so emotionally raw, but in interviews she comes across as very shy and awkward. But she's so expressive in her songs. Yes. And she has a Scorpio rising, too, which yeah. even makes more sense to that, too. Yeah. That. Yeah, and it's... Also, the example of that is the sensuality and the sexuality because the Cancer can be a really sensual sign and so is that Scorpio rising and then it's expressed really intensely with that moon in Leo but on stage or on camera as opposed to in the interviews. Right, when it comes to talking and expression. I think her Mercury is actually in Cancer too, so that's going to make her shyer and more, I don't know, more private probably? Yeah, private yeah. for sure. Especially with the Scorpio rising, that's going to give you that intensity of not wanting to let just anyone inside to your world. Unless she's in love and that moon would express very deeply about that or to her lover. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so do you want to dive into the example of the person who requested this? Sure. Okay, so our listener who sent this in is a Virgo sun, 
with a Cancer moon and Pisces rising. This is extremely sensual. Mm-hmm. Extremely curious. Maybe a little timid, but automatically, I bet you this person wants to go so deep with the Virgo really wanting to understand the intensity of the Cancer moon, the Cancer moon being very nurturing, the Virgo being nurturing and serving. There might be a moodiness here between Cancer moons are always a little bit moody. And Virgo's sun is going to be a little hesitant, but but all three signs desperately want to help. Yeah, they are very concerned about service and taking care of other people. So there could be some neglect of self with this placement. And looking at the way that these are interacting with each other, the Virgo sun is going to be sextiling that moon in Cancer. So that's a gentle harmony, even though the sun is on an earth sign and the moon is and the moon is in a water sign, there is like a natural flow between that sun and moon. The weirdness that might arise is going to come from that opposition of the sun and ascendant. So her sun is in Virgo and her ascendant is in Pisces, and that's going to be a natural opposition. We're sorry about that annoying noise. Yeah. We have no idea what it is. It's outside. It's like a lawnmower or something. The moon... And the ascending is going to get along really well. So in a way, the water energy is going to kind of trump the earth energy. The earth energy is mutable, so it does make a little flow going on. All three of the signs are pretty feminine. I need to see what this is. I think it's a scooter. Oh, yeah. That dude. Yeah, there's going to be some sounds. There's a guy rubbing his scooter outside, so that's what... You might have heard. We are not in a, we're not in a professional recording studio. We just record this in Heather's house. <laughs> you're, it's like you're here with us right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, you're right. The water energy is going to kind of trump that earth. And I think that any weirdness is going to come from that sun ascending opposition. So there might be a little bit of a, a pull between how the ego is expressing and how she feels she's coming off or how other people are receiving her. Because Virgo sons tend to be very capable, very hardworking, but with that softness of the Pisces ascendant, people might not take her as seriously as she maybe deserves. You know, they might not see all the kind of leadership qualities that are there. That's kind of how I'm reading this. I know Pisces rising. I know that I experienced this. I don't know about you, Heather, where people don't necessarily take you as seriously as maybe they should. You have to say no way more than once, no matter how your no sounds. Oh my God, yeah, you're right. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And so with any water rising, especially Cancer or Pisces rising, that's going to be true. Less so with Scorpio rising, because sometimes people are afraid of you <laughs> with that placement, or they're going to like naturally give you that space. Yeah, the Scorpio rising comes off as like intimidating enough mm -hmm. to give you space. But the Pisces rising, you automatically come off like you have an inner peace, and you do. But with the inner peace is kind of conflicting with the Virgo sun who thinks it more has to work for inner peace or figure it out or analyze it. That polarization is going to be a little bit of a struggle. But also, I just 
think that that Virgo Pisces energy could be the best of both worlds because it could make you mentally sharp and emotionally sharp. That's what you want to figure out how to do, how to use those two. Because if you have the best of both worlds, that Virgo is actually going to be what makes the boundary. And the no, if the no comes from the Virgo, you're, you're not going to get asked again. You know, the, the Virgo just needs to kind of it takes a long time to get in there where the Pisces is like, here I am. The Virgo's like, let's earn some trust here. So you do want to use both of them because the Pisces alone will get you into trouble and make things continue to happen. But the Virgo is discrimination. Sorry. Discri Discriminatory. Discerning. 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 Yes, so the Virgo will discern and it will be like, should I let this person in and sh or should I not? So that's going to kind of help that energy right there. And then the Cancer Moon, you need to understand that once somebody's in, they're going to be in for a long time with mm. the Cancer Moon. Once you decide to have that commitment with any kind of relationship, with any kind of work relationship, there's going to be an energy of like feeling guilty if you decide to abandon them or leave. So there, there might be a lot of guilt with that with that energy. Actually, all three of these signs are kind of guilt trap signs, you know, they're going to, or guilt trip signs, they're going to take you on a personal guilt trip if you feel like you're not doing enough or not helping enough. And that could be very draining with this placement. And oh. you could also become passive aggressive with it too. Yeah. Because of putting it off and putting it off until you get so frustrated, the energy of whoever you're dealing with is going to have to dissolve. But with that much mutability, relationships are also your big teacher and will also show you independence. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that Cancer moons have some of the most open hearts of anyone in the Zodiac because the moon is, of course, the ruler of Cancer. So it's going to be stronger and more loving and emotionally open. My recommendation to you is to have a lot of kids because the once you, yeah, or pets, once you have a place to put that energy, because it can't go nowhere, because if you shut down, you will cripple. So you have to give that love. You have to give that nurturing. You have to give that like tad of like bossiness. I know what I'm doing. Virgo energy to keep things intact, to keep things organized. You need all that energy and it needs to go somewhere. It's not like you just don't do it. You, in order for you to feel confident, you are going to have to do it but you want to do it where there's reciprocity. And that's how you need to choose your people because doing that is how you're going to feel safe, really choosing. And you might feel like you go from either trusting too quickly to taking a really long time to trust. You need to have your trust and your boundaries intact and have some sort of system when it comes to having a relationship with somebody in the beginning Otherwise, you're going to get succubus <laughs> All right. Thank you for sending in that request to us. And yeah, if anyone else has a request, as long as it's not super specific, like my fourth house moon and Virgo is squaring my, you know, you uh, just anything in your chart that you're curious about that other people could possibly learn from too, please feel free to send it in and we would love to take your request. Have a good couple weeks. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. To send us a request for a topic or to get a reading with us, you can find us on Instagram at Pisces Rising Podcast. 
Email us, PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Have a magical day.